According to Washington Star News, this employee was caught adding his own flavor to Wendy's chili for years. Do I have your mouth watering yet? You're watching Darkness Prevails, the best channel to share your creepy true stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. Most of us who have worked jobs ended up working our first job at a fast food place. Nothing wrong with that, it's easy to get on board and easy to learn, but it is not an easy job. Dealing with customers, cleaning the mess of a place, trying to survive. The following stories are allegedly true stories of the horrors that have happened to people who have either worked at or went to Wendy's. Don't let that ginger near your beef. Remember, you can share your scary true stories with me using the links in the description. I'm looking for creepy MySpace stories. Real quick, here are my favorite early comments from my previous full video. Creepy Deep Sea Discoveries. Free Liberty says, The seas are deep like my mind. If that's how it worked, I'd be dealing with a shallow puddle. Marissa says, Have you ever been in an intimate relationship with the toaster? It's pretty hot. Sparks fly. That's only if you're forking it wrong. Sofo Womo says, Let's get deep. I'm way ahead of you, Soflo Antonio. The Cocker Spaniel says, This scars me more than my grades. Sticks and stones, my friend, but grades live on forever. And Matt Bowman says, I have 100 creepy stories. Darkness Prevails wants to know your location. That's where you're wrong, because I already know where you are. Anyway, let's find out where's the beef by diving into these scary Wendy's stories. Number one, Wendy's by the Woods, submitted by Jensen. I used to work at Wendy's. I'd come home after a seven or eight hour shift, depending on whether or not they decided they needed me for the day. Then I'd take a half hour shower to get the smell of grease off of my skin. Not much is as discomforting as the feeling of sticky old grease on your skin. My dogs loved it though. I must have smelled like heaven to the two of them whenever I came home. Anyway, the location of our Wendy's was kind of strange. We were at the end of a road just before it bends into a sharp turn. We bordered the road on one side, then straight up woods on the other. The town I live in is quite small and there aren't many people who live there. So our so-called city was more or less a dozen buildings spaced out widely on a two mile road. Most of the buildings bordered woods like ours, so I never thought much of it. Having been raised in that town, it wasn't weird to me. The only time I second guessed how close we were to forests was when I stayed at a cousin's place in Houston, Texas, made my small town seem smaller. Anyway, I worked the closing shift. Our Wendy's stayed open till 11 p.m. and I usually worked from three to 11. Sometimes I'd be called in early or dismissed early, but I was assigned those hours. I would drive my POS Cobalt to the restaurant and begin my greasy regimen. That night wasn't any different at first. I clocked in, cooked up my patties while the manager barked orders, 
and the other full-timer made fun of her uptight attitude when she wasn't within hearing distance. His name was Dave, and the manager's name was Aura, a pretty name for such a pain of a manager. It was 10.35 that night, and we hadn't seen a customer in the past two hours, so we were getting on with our closing duties. I scraped up the grills, fished out remnants from the deep fryers, then went to help Dave with the dishes. Dishes was the worst part of the job, so I wasn't about to let someone have to do that alone. I never did know why we had just one person to do the dishes, to sweep and to mop the kitchen and lobby, and to scrub and pick up the bathrooms all at the end of the day. Poor guy had the worst job out of all of us. I had just finished spraying off the last fryer when Dave and I heard Aura scream. We'd never heard her do that before. We weren't even sure if it was her voice. The two of us began laughing and made our way over. No doubt in our minds that it was just a spider or something. Aura was at the drive-through window with the headset on. She had taken over drive-through duties while we focused on closing. You okay? I asked, trying to force down my smile. Without even looking at me, still staring out the drive-through window and keeping both hands on it to make sure it didn't open, she said to me, there's someone outside. Is it a drive-through order? Dave wondered. No, I mean someone came from the woods. They ran right up to the window. They tried to climb inside while I was right here, she explained nervously. That's weird. Do you want me to go outside and shoo the guy away? I asked. No, just stay inside. Probably just some prankster, Dave assumed. Someone desperate for some YouTube views. I asked Aura if I could go ahead and lock up the lobby just in case, and she said yes. I think we would all feel a bit more comfortable if the place was locked up tight. I was seconds away from walking out from behind the counter when the door rang. Someone had just entered. Now, the front of the building was almost entirely glass. If someone had pulled up, we'd have seen their car, but we'd seen nothing, and at that point, I was too nervous to leave the counter. I took a moment to gather my courage, and I nodded at Dave and Aura, who were both silent and looking at me in suspense. Then I stepped through the door and out into the lobby. It was empty. I walked slowly over to the left entrance, the one that had rang before. I saw no one outside or inside the building, so I locked it and was about to walk over to lock the other when I saw the wet boot print on the tile floor. It was outlined by water and dirt. I looked back over the lobby, but something else caught my eye. Someone else. He was standing at the lobby door I had just come from, meaning he had to have been hiding behind it or in the bathroom down that corridor. He was disheveled, a dirty mess, and his jaw appeared to be grotesquely lodged out of place. In his hand was a metal pipe, rusted beyond the ages. He was looking at me, one of his eyes twitching rapidly. There was a slow-moving red liquid on his cheek, flowing from three parallel gashes in his face. He tried to talk, but the sound that came out was jumbled and unintelligible. Sir, please put that away, 
I said with a stutter. He walked toward me, then raised the pipe in the air above his head, as if to say, you mean this? Or trying to threaten me with it. I couldn't tell. He stumbled suddenly, bringing him inches from me when Dave came out of the lobby door and put him in a chokehold. The man dropped the pipe and fell to the ground unconscious in seconds. He had passed out, not from the chokehold. We called an ambulance and the police, and they towed away the stranger. No charges were placed, though. There was no need to after we heard his story and the report. The man was a homeless man. He had been holed up in those woods for the past few years, never really bothering anyone. That night, though, he had been attacked by, I kid you not, a cougar. Clawed his face up real good and broke his jaw clean out of place. He even lost a few teeth. But he was able to make it to our store where, instead of helping him, we attacked him. I felt so bad for the guy, but at least he was okay. He got the help he needed. Afterwards, management felt it appropriate to install some security cameras inside and out of the place. And to be honest, I'm a bit more wary of the woods than I was before. Number two, why I quit working at Wendy's, submitted by AJ. This is a story about the worst job I've ever had. I worked at Wendy's, you know, the place that brags about fresh, never frozen beef that somehow still gives quite a few people the runs. Yeah, I worked as the cashier for the front counter and the people I had to serve, Jesus Christ, it was the worst, but it still wasn't as bad as it was about to be. We had a certain boy. He must have been 17 or so, but he was about six and a half feet tall and easily over 200 pounds, most of which wasn't muscle either. He was a sight to behold, as well as a strange person to have around you. He would never order food, he would just walk into the store, sit down, and stare at random people. I always assumed that he was autistic. Seriously, I'm not trying to be rude. I just figured there was something different about him, something off with his social skills. Well, the guy started doing something weird. He'd blatantly dig through the trash bins in the lobby, pulling out food and trash and tossing it all into the floor indiscriminately. Now, I assumed at first he had been digging up old food and eating it, but he wasn't. Well, I was the lucky guy that had to go out there and tell him he had to stop that. When he didn't listen, I tapped him on the shoulder and said it louder. He stopped, stood straight up, towering over me, and he began to cry. Never have I went from irritated to sad so fast, he walked out of the store, and I thought that was that. It was around 6.30 when I was told to go home for the day, if I wanted to, as it wasn't very busy. Of course, I took them up on the offer. I clocked out right away and began to walk to my car. It was that time of year when it was already completely dark by six o'clock, so it was a bit eerie walking to my car. 
I got to the door and was trying to find my car key when someone tapped me on the shoulder. I was startled. I literally jumped, dropping my keys like an idiot as I turned around to see who it was. It was the boy, the big guy who had been digging in our trash cans earlier, and he had the angriest look on his face, a look that said he hadn't forgotten what I did to him. He had his right hand up in a fist, palm facing upward. He was holding something. He looked me in the eye, then went to his hand. The fist opened, and there was a blade in it, a butterfly knife. The blade was out and ready. Where in the world did he get that, I wondered. I'd only seen those things in movies. Instantly, my heart sank. I backed up against the car door. What are you doing, I said, then slowly leaned down and grabbed my keys. He just kept staring at the knife in his hand, like he still wasn't sure if he really wanted to use it. Luckily, it gave me plenty of time. I found my car keys, unlocked the door, and sped away. Even when I was on the road, when I looked back, he was still there staring at the knife in his hand in the parking lot. He hadn't moved or shifted even a millimeter. The sight sent chills down my spine. I reported it to the police, but they did nothing after talking to the family because they promised to keep him under a watchful eye. But he was back at Wendy's the very next week, and he was staring at me now, just me, sitting in the lobby and waiting. After three days of this and more terrible customers, I'd had enough. I quit and didn't go back. I haven't seen the guy since, and hopefully he doesn't come looking for me. Number three, the worst part-time job by M. Teresa. I think most of us have some juicy stories about how bad our first jobs were. But for a time, I could almost look back upon my first job dearly, almost because something happened there. Something happened that made me want to never go back. I mean, sure, it wasn't technically the place itself that had wronged me, but when something bad happens to a person, they associate everything from that memory to that memory. Just thinking about going back to Wendy's makes me nauseous. Yeah, my first job was working the drive-thru at my local Wendy's. It was honestly an easy job. Unlike the front of the store, which had to deal with people on a more personal level, I had to deal with people who didn't really care about you, as long as they got their food accurately and quickly. They just wanted to be done and gone, so there weren't a whole lot of jerks like I expected. Not to mention, I met a lot of cool people. It was there that I met my coworker and best friend. We all called her Nanny. Well, it was also where I met my manager, Edward. Edward was uptight, arrogant, cruel. No matter how hard you worked, he'd find something to put you down about. Did you clean up the lobby without being told faster and better than anyone had before in that restaurant? Well, it took you two seconds too long to greet that specific customer. 
Did you get out every order in under two minutes in the drive-thru somehow? Well, he didn't like your quick attitude. Screw that guy, especially after what he did to me. It was a Friday, and I was ready to clock out that night, meet up with Nanny, and sleep in. We were closing up the store when Edward asked the other worker that evening if he wanted to go ahead and go home. Leaving just me and Edward there, I rolled my eyes, knowing there'd just be plenty of extra hell for me since I'd be alone with him, and he'd probably had something to chew me out about. When the other guy left, Edward walked up to me as I mopped the lobby. Take off your headset. Come here, he demanded, beckoning me with his finger. I sighed, leaned the mop on the wall, then did as he told me. He was the manager after all, and I'd be on my way home soon. He led me to the back where the sink and paper products were, and he pointed at the floor. What do you think that is? He said, sounding absolutely pissed. I followed his finger and looked under one of the shelves. Sticking out from under it was a piece of ages-old, moldy, disgusting beef patty. Apparently, one of the employees snuck a burger and dropped a big piece of it back there. It's a patty. Do you want me to pick it up? I asked, ready to get this over with. No, he crossed his arms. I want you to eat it. What the hell did you just say? He must have been out of his mind, I thought. Eat it. Hands and knees. You're not clocking out until you do. There's something wrong with you. I'm not doing that. I'd never do that for anyone, let alone you. I was getting mad now. You're not leaving until you eat that. Get down. I rolled my eyes and threw my name tag at his feet. Screw this, Ed. I'm not doing that crap. You're messed up in the head. I began to walk past him, but as I brushed by, he elbowed me right in the diaphragm. I hit the sink hard and fell on my knees, coughing and wheezing. Eat it. Then you can go home. I don't care if it's not yours. Someone's gonna eat it. It was then that the situation really hit me. Edward wasn't right. He was angry, and he was focusing all his rage on me in an unforgivably inhumane way. I was so scared and angry. I didn't even know then that I was crying. Are you gonna do it, or am I gonna have to hit you again? You look real pretty. You wouldn't want me to scar up your face now, would you? Tears pouring from my eyes, I crawled toward the patty. I vomited in my throat and swallowed down the bile. I began shaking my head. Just get up, he said. And when I didn't get up fast enough, he snapped at me. Get up! I looked at him, his face blurred by my watery eyes. He rubbed his eyes and I took the moment to run past him. Oddly enough, he didn't fight me. He let me go. I ran to my car, a crying wreck, and I drove away. I immediately called Nanny to tell her what happened, and I never went back to that Wendy's, or any other Wendy's for that matter. I didn't alert the police, 
but I did tell the upper management of Wendy's and I got Edward fired. Maybe I should have gotten him thrown in jail. I don't know. I just want to forget about it. I hope Edward got the help he needed or the punishment he deserved. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number 4. My Loyal Customer Submitted by Random Rando It's true what they say, you know. Working in customer service is the worst, especially when you work fast food, dealing with people on a second-by-second -second basis. Plus, you always get regulars, people who just keep coming in. Same time, often the same days. I've personally never done that, so I don't understand why people would want to come so often to a specific place that they try to make friends with the coworkers. But whatever, I don't really mind that. What I do mind was one such customer who kept coming to my job. Not for the service, not for the food. He came for me. He started coming to our Wendy's in Southern Missouri in the fall of 2015. It was a normal, especially cold day, and I was just ready to go home. He walked up, and instead of placing an order, he seemed to catch himself and looked at me straight in the eye. 
The guy was wearing a cowboy hat and was easily in his early 50s with a thick brown mustache and a layer of gray on top of it. Well, darling, he said in a heavy southern accent, I didn't know anyone as purty as you worked here. It's the kind of thing you don't really know how to reply. So I just asked, Hi, what can we get you? Oh, don't be rude, honey. He somehow smiled wider than before. Did you hear what I said? Uh, yes, sir, I said to him. Thank you. That was all I could think to say. Ain't nothing. How about you get me one of them milkshakes? Speaking of which, yours look pretty good. Did he really just say that, I thought? Literally the cringiest thing I've ever heard in my life. And not to mention it was borderline sexual harassment. We didn't even have milkshakes, unless he meant the Frosties. Well, a while after that painful exchange, I was happy to go home after the longest shift I'd had there. But at the time, I didn't know that that wasn't the last I'd see of the weird old cowboy. Because he would start coming in every day, he'd make sure I was the one that took his order. And the one time my manager said I was too busy to talk, he knocked over the straw dispenser and walked out. Fantastic. Creeper Man also had anger issues. At one point, I had a few days off in a row. When I got back to work, I asked my coworkers if they saw the guy, but they answered that they hadn't seen him once. I thought maybe that was the end of it, but literally minutes later, he came through the door. Apparently, he only came in on days he saw me come to work. How often was he watching me? And where did he go after I left the store? It was then that I started getting creeped out. Finally, there came a day when he was waiting on me to clock out on a closing shift. The moment I walked out the Wendy's doors, he came up to me with that big, freaky grin. My bigger male coworkers had to scare him away, and they walked me to my car. It's been a couple of years since I've seen him, and I'm hoping that that was the last of it. But let me say it's quite terrifying when you meet someone who targets you and doesn't have any idea what the word boundaries means. Number five, don't settle with your first job. Submitted by Cray Bray. When I was 16, my family moved from Seattle, Washington down to Oklahoma. It was there that I started working at Wendy's. I think everyone's first job is fast food. If you're lucky, you'll dodge that bullet and not have to work somewhere as risky, underpaid, and utterly terrifying. Well, Wendy's was my first. Back then, I was a very shy guy. It didn't help that I was just five foot five, and literally every other guy was a giant over me. It took me a while to gather the courage to speak properly to customers, but eventually I got the hang of it and came out of my shell. There was a guy I worked with that I tried to stay away from, though. Let's say his name for this story was Brian. He was a big dude, six foot tall, but especially lanky. He was the kind of guy that thought having tiny abs, just because he had starved himself, made him ripped. He was cringy, 
and Brian was a bully. He'd make fun of me for my height, try to pick fights with me, because he was overconfident enough to think he could beat anybody. One day, Brian came to work with a nasty-looking black eye, but we all knew not to mention it, otherwise we wouldn't hear the end of it, or he'd try to start something stupid. Little did we know, Brian came ready for that and more. One of our more mouthy trainees, who had only started a few days ago, cracked a joke at him, said that he was all talk, and it was probably a little girl who gave him that black eye. Well, Brian shoved him up against the friars, then pulled a gun on him. The staff saw, the customers saw, and it became insanely quiet. From where I was standing, I could tell that Brian was crying. There was a lot more going on with Brian than we knew, which explained the attitude. That day, he had snapped. Luckily for us and the new trainee, after a few moments, he realized he had gone too far. He shoved the gun back in his pants and ran out of the store. He was later arrested, and as far as I know, he's in jail or juvie. He was 16 when this happened. I just know that I don't want to see him again, but I do hope he finds some help. Number six, Wendy's Creep, submitted by Courtney. I was only 16 when I started working at my local Wendy's. Customer service never really sounded appealing to me as a preteen. Taking more crap from people than I needed to wasn't at the top of my bucket list. Being a minor at the time, I couldn't work most weekdays due to homework and the need to keep a proper sleep schedule. During the weekends is when I was brought in to close nearly every night if I didn't tell them ahead of time that I wanted a weekend day off. Even then, they would sometimes ignore my requested days off and had me work anyways, something that annoyed me to no end. My story starts on a late Saturday night. I had been at Wendy's for over a year by then, and I was the go-to closer for the back window. At night, typically only three people closed, alongside a manager, one on front window, one in back window, and one on the grill, keeping the store in line while the manager stayed in the office, doing so-called more important things. My job was simple, cash out all drive through customers, and wash the dishes. Luckily, business had started to die down around 10 o'clock, and I happily cleaned the dishes coming my way. That's when the familiar ding on my headset rang in my ears, signaling that there was someone new in the drive-thru. I listened carefully to my coworker taking the man's order and noticed his voice was quite low and rough-sounding. He slurred his words ever so slightly as well. I thought not much of it. Many people through the drive-thru speakers sounded different when she spoke to them in person. The car pulled up to my window as I clicked the recall button to pull up the total to his order. Hey, you cutie. The saggy, blonde-haired man mummered, greeting me before I could even open my mouth. I was caught off guard. I'm a terribly awkward and jittery person, very easily flustered and lacking in the social department. I nervously laughed at the comment and gave him a simple, uh, hi there, 
and repeated the amount he owed for his order, trying to redirect the conversation. That's when he stopped. He just stared at me. A full minute passed and I began to wonder if he had heard me. Um, sir, I repeated myself once more, trying not to sound as impatient or anxious as I was actually feeling. He responded this time, reaching downward to grab his bronze wallet, silently extending the money towards me. With a polite thank you, I rang in the amount and collected his change, then handed it back. I extended my money-filled hand out to him. He reached out, then grabbed my hand. He didn't let go, and I panicked in the back of my mind, not knowing what to do in this situation. The creep pulled my hand towards him and kissed one of my knuckles. Then he took his change back and gave me this big, toothy grin. I could smell alcohol on his breath, and I saw open cans of beer in his cup holders and side seat. I yanked my hand away before he pulled forward to the next window. In an instant, I ran up to the front window, telling my coworker Mary not to hand out his food yet. I explained that the guy was clearly drunk. Me and Mary decided to tell him that his sandwich was going to be cooked fresh, and it would take a few minutes. Angrily, he agreed to wait, while I snuck off to the office, pounding on the door and telling the manager to call the cops. Though Mary did her best to distract the man, he got antsy and eventually took off. The cops were too late. Luckily, though, I was smart enough to snap a picture of his license plate, and he was soon found and arrested. The more I think back on the incident... I feel unnerved and uneasy to think of what more damage he may have caused by driving, and how many other underaged girls he would have hit on that night as well. Though it was just unwanted physical contact, I felt dirty all the same. That night when I got home, I took a very, very long shower. Number 7. Mondays Submitted by Alexis. My best friend and I work at a Wendy's near our houses. I've had a few creepy experiences at work, but never one quite like this. I was working the fries that night and noticed that out of the corner of my eye, a man was watching me, giving me the up-down. I hid by the drive through hoping he'd lose interest, finish his food, and leave soon. But my manager asked me to help the girl at the front register, since a bunch of people just came in, and she was fairly new. I took a man's order, and I began to make his drink. I turned my body away from the man that had been watching me, as he obviously peered over the counter to check out my body. He then called out to me, "'Ooh, how are you doing, Alexis?' What time do you get off? When he said my name, I felt my heart begin to pound and felt even more uncomfortable than I was already. I told him that I was only 16 and that I had a boyfriend, not that I was lying. Another customer standing next to him and the man's friend looked at the guy with disgust since he was trying to pick up a teen at Wendy's. The creepy guy watched me as he left and said it was a good thing I told him because he's a grown man. 
I made sure my coworkers knew to watch out for him, but I hope he never eats at my Wendy's again. Number 8. Around the Corner, submitted by Rosewood. My friends and I used to eat at the nearby Wendy's just around the corner from my place every day after school. It was our favorite thing to do. We'd all sit in the biggest booth in the lobby and order a round of chocolate Frosties. Man, there was no beating a Wendy's Frosty. Sadly, we don't go there anymore. I don't think we'd make it out alive if we tried to go back. You see, a couple of years ago, our town had an outbreak of gang activity. It started out with a bunch of random graffiti, and before we knew it, there were kids at our own school beating each other up, claiming to be a part of one gang or another. Turf wars, I guess. Me and my friends weren't into that sort of stuff and tried our best to stay out of it completely. But as the gang activity became more and more frequent, eventually there was no way around it our quiet town had been overrun. Crime rates were ridiculous, and soon it all hit way too close to home. It happened on a Friday afternoon. I met up with three of my friends for our usual Frosties. When we walked inside, we saw that there were five guys in there already, all of which were wearing these red bandanas around their biceps on the right side. My first thought was we should probably leave and that's when one of them saw me looking at them, and he didn't like that. Though he was much smaller than me, he came right up and shoved me as hard as he could, causing me to hit the glass of the door behind me. What you want, punk? You want to start something? He said. Immediately, my friends reacted. That was the biggest mistake. One of them helped me up, and Eric, the biggest of our group, got in the guy's face, Yo, back off. We ain't trying to start nothing. As soon as Eric spoke that sentence, the rest of the gang members were over us, and they didn't have time to talk. They each pulled out knives and made sure we saw the pistols they were carrying. One of them backhanded Eric before we were all forced out of the restaurant. They cursed at us, then spit in our direction before giving us a warning. We'd better not see you round here again. Angrily, I took my friends and we made our way back to my place a few blocks from there. The entire way, the shorter guy from before followed us. He watched us get back to my house, then smiled in a way that said, We know where you live now. Ever since then, when we still lived there, I would see that guy walking up and down my street, and a black SUV would drive by slowly every week. It was a vehicle I hadn't seen around there before. At one point a long time after that, I tried to head in the direction of the Wendy's to get to the nearby convenience store. That was when that black SUV pulled up and began to slowly drive next to me. It didn't stop until I turned around and walked the other way. That was a time I don't miss. When I first felt like my life was in danger, like we lived in some sort of war zone. I'm lucky my friends and I didn't die that day,
because some meat-headed idiot got a little frustrated because we happened to be there. Number 9. Haunted Wendy's. Submitted by StrawCream494. Stay with me here, because this might sound a little strange. I used to drive for hours at night when I couldn't sleep. I had a chronic form of insomnia, and the best thing for it was to drive. I'd use the time to listen to late-night talk radio and explore places I'd never seen before. I found an abandoned town I didn't know existed in my area. I found a small diner way out of the way that served the absolute best pancakes, and I also found the most peculiar Wendy's you could imagine. I mean, there was nothing particularly weird about the way it looked. Just a normal brown brick and red top Wendy's with the giant head of a red-headed girl smiling over you. The night I found it, I went inside to grab a bite to eat, but had the sudden urge to go to the bathroom. When I walked inside the building, I immediately saw that I was the only customer there. I was expecting the usual awkward greeting, but the guy behind the counter simply stared at me, looking like he was ready for his life to be over. I nodded a silent hello to him, then walked to the bathroom. When I took one step into that bathroom, the door swung shut behind me as I was hit with an acrid smell, like a mix between mold and fecal matter left uncleaned from the toilets for years. Better yet, one of the long halogen lights was flickering, and I couldn't be sure if it was going to stay on or turn itself off the next second. I decided I needed to just hurry and do my business so I could get out of there. I walked over to the urinal next to the sinks, and I unzipped. Now, from the urinal, I could quite clearly see the mirrors next to me above the row of sinks, and curious as to my new surroundings, I began to look into them. And that's when I saw that I wasn't alone in there. One of the stalls was open, and there was someone inside. They were sitting on the toilet, and they weren't wearing any clothes. Now, instinct told me to look away, but I couldn't, because the person was covered in bloody rips and tears. Their nearly dead eyes stared at me through the reflection of the mirror, and like mine, their mouth was opened wide. I was so startled, I turned around, but the stall was empty. What I saw was plain as day. I knew I wasn't seeing things. I zipped up and decided that I'd rather wait to get home to finish my business. I haven't gone back there since, and I'm still wondering if it was just my insomnia getting the better of me, or if that Wendy's was especially haunted. Number 10. Time to Go, submitted by Reginald T. This is a quick but quite eerie story. I took my six-year-old daughter to Wendy's one day. She loved the fries there, they were her favorite, and I was quite fond of the Junior Baconator myself. 
After we ordered our food and sat down, I noticed a little girl smiling over at our table. She was the same age as my daughter and twice as outgoing. She and what appeared to be her mother sit across from us in the restaurant. I smiled and waved at her before going back to my sandwich. Suddenly, I noticed her mother got up to go to the fountain drink area for a refill. And in her absence, an old, drugged-out-looking man walked up to the girl, grabbed her by the hand, then began to lead her out of the building. I stood up right away, ready to come to her rescue, but several other customers had seen it as well and had confronted the man. The crying mother took the girl back and called the police. It was a quick and weird incident, but with a daughter the same age as that girl, it terrifies me to know that there are people out there that would attempt a kidnapping in public in broad daylight. If it weren't for good people out there, that little girl may have never been returned. I don't care what these stories say. I'm still gonna go to Wendy's because daddy needs his triple baconator stat. But after hearing these stories, I'm going to be chewing and choking down that beef a little more creeped out. So the next time you're slogging down a big old triple stack of grease at the good old house of the redhead, keep your eyes peeled. Wendy's is a great restaurant, don't get me wrong, but everywhere you go in this world, there's always someone ready to do something terrible. Maybe it's human nature, or maybe some people are just messed up in the head, but it might just be better to pass away from diabetes at an older age than to have your neck sliced when you're trying to enjoy some salty goodness. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send me your MySpace scary story soon using one of the links in the description. A huge shout out goes to anyone who's still one of my patrons on patreon.com slash darkness prevails. Those awesome peeps are helping me stay afloat in case YouTube does something terrible. As always, to anyone who's still listening, stay safe out there and stay creepy.